Welcome to this edition of Faith to Live By. I'm your host, Pam Christian, and each week I help us explore our current times and events to discern what God is doing and how we need to respond to embrace all God wants to do so His kingdom will is done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, I want all of us to live out our faith, confident that it's based on sound truths, so we cannot be moved or disturbed by the enemy. When we demonstrate what I call expectant faith, we will overcome the lies and distractions of the enemy and prepare the way for God to intervene. And if ever there was a time we needed God to intervene in America, it's certainly today. I love the organization known as Intercessors for America. They do so much to keep us informed of the truth, to unite us in prayer, and to help us know what actions we can take in response to our culture. David Kubal is the founder, and he recently wrote, Never before in the history of mankind has there ever been such complex, demonic attack against a culture. Never before have we seen mainstream media, big tech, woke capitalism, social justice warriors, and governmental leaders align willingly under such a clear set of anti-God values. Their values sound like biblical marriage limits people's love. Abortion on demand is a person's choice. America is a racist country. Defunding law enforcement is the only answer. Black lives matter. All whites are racist. Only insurgents question election results. These values shared by CNN, Coke, Twitter, progressive politicians, MSNBC, NBA, Facebook, YouTube, NFL, and the list goes on. Every one of these groups or companies listed accepts these demonic values. Not only that, they feel it's their social responsibility to do their part to enforce these anti-Christian values. It's ideological totalitarianism. End quote. Thank you, David Kubal, for those clear and concise words. You know, from early 2020 to this very day, the enemy of God has intensely sought to gain control through destruction to the world and especially America. The enemy has been fighting against all truth, righteousness, and Christians in particular. With the darkness being so great for so long, many Christians are getting weary and they're tempted to give up. So with today's podcast, I want you to be restored in your resolve to trust God, to expect God to intervene in our behalf as he has faithfully done for his people in the past. Globally, and especially here in America, we've been through a time of the greatest shaking of our lifetimes. But as we see time and time again in history, great shakings cause great awakenings. God uses the time of shaking to awaken us from our stupor. He reminds his people of the benefits of being obedient to him and his ways and calls us to repent. Then comes a great outpouring of blessings. Rescue, deliverance, prosperity are on the horizon, the immediate horizon in my opinion. Now is not the time to give up. Now is the time for you to settle in your spirit the confident truth of God. Beginning early in 2020, evil has been forced upon the people with a global agenda, starting with what I believe will be revealed as a pandemic, then a forced lockdown, then election they forced on us, a perversion of our education, a perversion of traditional family and gender, and finally, a total abandonment of Israel. Evil has definitely been forced upon God's people, but I have hope because of God. Mario Murillo has the same hope I have, and he says it this way, Yes, what is happening to America is evil, pre-planned and premeditated evil. We are watching something that was hatched decades ago and is finally upon us. So why do I feel hope in a seemingly hopeless situation? I feel hope because I know it's evil. I feel hope because I know what God has done about evil in our history. 
It is not by accident that the wokesters have tried to bury our history. It is there that we find the irrevocable evidence of God's intervention in America. It is not simply the people of America that God loves. It is the idea of America. In order for that idea to be destroyed, you would have to get past our omniscient and loving God. What the minions of Satan mean for evil, God will exploit for good in order to save many. You can either let the images of blasphemy and arrogance drain your spirit, or you can take your stand, lift up your head, and anticipate the inevitable intervention of the Holy Lord of the armies of heaven. End quote. Mario Murillo is so on fire, and I just love what he's doing, too. I've been especially mindful of this present season we are in, which are the days between Passover and Pentecost. Pentecost is May 23rd this year, and in my spirit, I'm hoping and looking for God to potentially intervene on the day of Pentecost. As we explored last week, traditionally the time between Passover and Pentecost are days of somber reflection and eager expectation. The first Pentecost was when God came down to give his people the law. Remember? The Ten Commandments. God instructed them how to live so that they would remain in his protection. This happened through Moses on Mount Sinai, where God appeared as a pillar of smoke by day and fire by night. This was a foreshadow of the Pentecost we read about in the book of Acts. That's when the Holy Spirit came down as tongues of fire upon God's people to establish a new covenant, a covenant of grace to empower God's people to successfully live the victorious life Christ died to give us. The Pentecost we read about in the book of Acts was over 2,020 years ago, and based on history, I fully believe we are ripe for God to intervene on behalf of his people again. History reveals God's faithfulness to intervene on behalf of his people when the iniquities of the people are full or complete. The word iniquities means gross injustice, wickedness, and sin. And Genesis chapter 15 provides us insight that should comfort us with a deeper understanding. From this particular part of scripture, we learn God always intervenes at the right time. Ligonier Ministries explains, quote, God who is long-suffering desires his creation to give him thanks and worship. The Amorites, which were the pagan citizens of Canaan identified in chapter 15, the Amorites were an idolatrous people who desired no relationship or worship of God. In response, God waited to give the promised land to Israel until the iniquity of the Amorites was complete, verse 16. The Lord does not arbitrarily punish. He allows people to run themselves into hell, which makes his verdicts fitting. In Abram's day, the Amorites had not yet become corrupt enough to lose Canaan, and so it does not go immediately to Abram. When it does, God uses his people, Israel, to carry out his sentence. See the books of Joshua and Judges. Men can sin brazenly, only for a time. Judgment will surely fall when their evil works are complete. End quote. This pattern of God waiting for the iniquities of man to be complete is seen again and again in scriptures and in world events. God waits until the fullness of the people's iniquities before he administers his judgment. And I'm sure you'd agree we must be very close to the iniquities of the world reaching the point of fullness, meaning we can't expect God to intervene, right? We've been crying out for God's justice, which according to 1 Peter 4.17 will begin with the house of God, the ecclesia, which of course is the church. I have been encouraging you to take full advantage of this time before God acts to prepare yourself. We all need to make sure we are humble and repentant before God and that there's nothing in our lives that will require God's remedial judgment. 
I earnestly want us all to learn how to fix our gaze on the faithfulness of God instead of the destruction of the enemy. If you've been discouraged or fearful or worried because of what you are seeing taking place in our world, in our governments, and our so-called leaders, if you've suffered greatly through various kinds of losses, God wants you to hear this podcast. It's no mistake that you're listening right now. God wants you to gain the encouragement and the resolve you need to persevere and experience His goodness. Share this podcast with friends and family who need comfort and hope in these exceedingly difficult days. Part of the reason I'm so eager about this particular Pentecost is because this year it occurs in the month known as Savan. It's the third month on the Hebrew calendar. The month of Savan began May 11th and continues through June 10th. This month is connected with the third Hebrew letter called Gimel, which is a picture of a camel. And in biblical times, a caravan of camels seen on the horizon would generate tremendous excitement, knowing the camels are bearing gifts and treasures from faraway places. Christine Valls from Charleston, South Carolina, explains more about the month of Savan and also the day of Pentecost. She writes, quote, The Lord gives many gifts all year long, but it is in Savan when we see his extravagant gift-giving nature uniquely displayed. I have been following the Lord's instruction to count 50 days from Yeshua's resurrection. It's on this final day of the count known as Pentecost, or Shavuot, when his special deliveries arrive. On this 50th day of the count, the Lord not only gave his physical provision of the wheat harvest, Leviticus 23, but he also gave his spiritual provision of himself. In the Old Testament, we discover God gave us himself through his word at Mount Sinai, Exodus 19. In the New Testament, we learn he gave us himself through the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 2. His word and his spirit were both given on this exact same 50th day. This is not a coincidence, nor is it just a story of how the Lord provided for one group of people at one time in history. End quote. I absolutely love it. When I've been meditating and seeking the Lord and arriving at a particular conclusion, then later I read where another brother or sister comes to the same conclusion. Regarding this year's Pentecost, based on what I've been seeing other people are also saying, I'm even more enthusiastic and on the lookout to see what God is going to do. Now, I'm not saying that the Lord has clearly told me that this Pentecost would be a display of himself in a miraculous way. I am, however, seeking the mysteries he has hidden for us to discover. The Bible says that we must believe to receive, and we can ask anything according to his will, and it shall be done. So while I don't know God's specific will for this upcoming Pentecost, I know I must believe if I'm going to receive. And personally, I'd rather believe and be disappointed than to not believe and miss out. As we know, many of the Jews of Jesus' day very sadly missed out because of their unbelief that Jesus was the Messiah, and I don't want any of us to miss out. Let me share a personal story where God was faithful to reward my belief. This is truly amazing. Years ago, when I was in my mid-20s, I started a residential property management company that managed homeowners associations, and I did pretty good and I landed some pretty impressive communities to manage. When I married and had our daughter, I struggled to continue to work full-time while having my daughter cared for by others. My family was not nearby. It didn't take long for me to decide to sell my company. Well, it turned out the man who bought my company was a crook. He only paid the down payment and one month of the agreed four-year sales term. Then he ran the business into the ground, filed bankruptcy and divorce, leaving me no way to collect on the judgment that was awarded in my favor. Well, about a couple of years after that, our nation's economy tanked, and my husband was left without a job. By this time, we had had our son, 
And so here we are with two young children and neither of us had any income. We were forced to go through all of our savings and sell anything that we could live without, while we also had to humbly receive groceries and financial helps from our generous friends and family. Ultimately, we lost our home to foreclosure. This was one of the most difficult times of my life. I mean, we had to use our credit cards for everyday expenses for groceries or utilities. And every time we did use our credit card, it was like another shovel of dirt was being piled on top of us, burying us alive. Well, we moved from house to house, renting homes that were also in the process of foreclosure. The banks kind of offset their losses by allowing this particular rental arrangement. And again, the economy of that time was very bad for everyone. Well, one day, still without adequate income, my husband came to me and with tears in his eyes, shared we didn't have the money we needed to pay rent. We were faced with the prospect of our family of four truly being homeless. In response to my husband, I said, I don't know where the money will come from, but God will provide. And as soon as those words left my mouth, I thought, oh, I hope I'm right. Well, later that very same day, my husband came back into the house holding a letter from an attorney addressed to me. I opened it and read it. Apparently, the wife of the man who bought my business several years earlier, because of their divorce settlement, owed me money. The very day I decreed and declared the goodness of God to provide, I received a check for $2,000. Our rent was only $1,000, so you can imagine this was a tearful celebration, and we hugged each other and praised the Lord. Our need was to receive provision, and God delivered us in the time of our need. God is never early, and He's never late. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 states, The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. The very fact God has not intervened in our present times is evidence that the fullness of inequities by the wicked and the fullness of repentance of the righteous is not yet. The rest of what David Cabal wrote explains our present condition. Quote, The form of totalitarianism we are seeing in our nation at this time is something never before seen in history. A large, vast group of powerful leaders across society's spectrum, news organizations, politicians, tech leaders, etc., share the same set of values and are enforcing them abusively through limiting religious freedoms and free speech. The only explanation for this perfect storm of power and anti-God values is that it is demonic. At the highest level, diabolic forces have been unleashed against the destiny of this nation in a coordinated effort. How else could there be such alignment? We must ask ourselves why this has happened. The first part of the answer is the church has stopped being the culture influencer it's supposed to be. We bought the lie that church and government must not mix. We have focused on salvation alone and not on discipleship of the influential. The second part of the answer is that this comprehensive demonic onslaught is attempting to sabotage a nation with great destiny. The activities of the United States Church have accomplished more for the gospel than any in history. The United States has furthered the causes of freedom like none in history. Kubal continues, Our response is critical. Will enough believers recognize this dangerous moment in time? Are we willing to make our voices heard loud enough? Are we committed to unified prayer? And are we willing to fight against this form of totalitarianism through activism in the streets and activism in the courts? I am sounding the alarm. Do not underestimate the fragility of this moment. End quote. To learn more of how we can respond, please read the DC Insider. It's a column, and it's called A Call to Battle. 
I'll have a link for you in the show notes. And again, when we see several Christian prophets and teachers expressing the same theme, we need to listen carefully with greater awareness of the words and the direction of the Holy Spirit. Donna Rigney echoes the Holy Spirit's instructions with her words. She wrote, quote, As I sat in the presence of the Lord, I heard him say, People's eyes need to be open to the truth. Before the great unveiling occurs, I will be sovereignly opening the eyes of my blind children. Where they've walked in great darkness, they will soon be seeing the light. Little by little, light will be shown upon these areas of deception, and they will see and understand the truth. Where they once believed that lies were the truth, now they will know. Because of my mercy on these blind ones, I am gradually going to shine the light into these dark corners where wickedness has been hiding. Then, the great unveiling will happen where all will see what has been hiding in the darkness. Pray before that day of the great unveiling that many will allow their eyes to be open so that the shock will not be so great. You will hear reports that amaze. These are going to look like they are accidental disclosures, but are in fact deliberate leaks orchestrated by my hand through my people who are working behind the scenes on behalf of the truth. Righteousness and truth are going to be established, and then a great season of peace will be set forth on your land by my hand. This is all coming very soon. You will not have to wait much longer. Just like a leak in a roof demonstrates that there is a big problem lurking that needs to be investigated, these leaks will cause people to investigate to see if there are bigger issues hidden behind the scenes. People will see the heart of wickedness for what it is in those they once trusted and reject those leaders. These leaders will not escape the scrutiny of a God who sees all. From the rooftops, their wicked deeds will be revealed for all to see. Judgment will fall soon as these leaks are investigated by the masses. I'm going to expose all the wickedness and corruption for everyone worldwide to see. In this great exposure, judgment and true justice will occur. Just as I defended, protected, and restored Daniel, I will do it again for Donald Trump and all who have endured the injustice and false accusations of the wicked. I will mount a strong defense on behalf of them because my remnant has placed their trust in me like Daniel did. That which the evildoers try to do to the righteous will fall upon the wicked. End quote. A link to this word, this prophetic word from God through Donna Rigney will be provided in the show notes. Psalm 64, verses 5 to 10, is very pertinent for us right now. It reads, They encourage each other in evil plans. They talk about hiding their snares. They say, Who will see it? They plot injustice and say, We have devised the perfect plan. Surely, the human mind and heart are cunning, but God will shoot them with his arrows. They will suddenly be struck down. He will turn their own tongues against them and bring them to ruin. All who see them will shake their heads in scorn. All the people will fear. They will proclaim the works of God and ponder what he has done. The righteous will rejoice in the Lord and take refuge in him. All the upright in heart will glory in him. And Zechariah 11.17 offers more. It reads, Woe to the worthless shepherd who deserts the flock. May the sword strike his arm and his right eye. May his arm be completely withered, his right eye totally blinded. Wow. But... Let me again speak a word of caution based on 2 Peter 3.17, which states, Judgment begins with the house of the Lord. We need to make sure we are each one properly repentant and in a right standing with God now. This time before God acts is His grace for all who will repent 
and who do so to escape his judgment. We need to be praying for those who are promoting evil to see the error of their ways and to repent before there's no more opportunity to do so. Now is not the time to grow weary or be faint. We must persist in our faith, believing and even praising God in advance for his perfect time to intervene. We need to be seeking the Lord for our personal assignments and his plans for justice to be realized. Wanda Alger offers these prophetic words to encourage and inspire us from Isaiah 61. America, this is the hour of deliverance. Remember who you are. You have been commissioned and appointed for this very hour of deliverance. The nations are looking to you. Do not be silent or hold back. Today is the day to speak, to act, to rise up and display the sovereign power and authority of the Most High God through your witness and testimony. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon you, America, because the Lord has anointed you to bring good news to the poor. He has sent you to bind up those broken by sin and to proclaim liberty to those held captive by deception and lies. Remember who you are and the purpose you were founded on. He's called you to open the prison doors for those who are trapped and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. You are destined to be oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. You, America, have been called to build up the ancient ruins, raise up the former devastations, and repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. This is your destiny and your mantle of grace. For the Lord loves justice. He hates robbery, theft, and deceitful schemes. He will faithfully give His enemies their recompense. As the earth brings forth its sprouts, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all nations. This is His promise and guarantee as you stand secure in His truth. Your words of life will defeat hell's insolence and deadly decrees, and the armies of heaven will back you up. Hold fast. The finish line is just ahead. Be persistent and hold fast, just as tendons and ligaments must be stretched when exerting muscles so must your endurance be stretched, as he is strengthening your faith. Yield to the stretching and allow him to increase your capacity to love, for it is his body and bride across the earth that will be his reward from this hour of tribulation. Do not give in when the finish line is just ahead. This is the year of the Lord's favor. He has called you, America, to proclaim it throughout the earth. Prophesy to the nations the goodness and greatness of our God and see how heaven responds. Your faith will be victorious, your reward will be great, and your descendants will inherit the earth. End quote. And there's more from Brian Simmons from Wichita, Kansas, who also weighs in with similar direction from the Holy Spirit with his article titled, The Joshua Generation, Mighty Ones Are Arising. In it, he wrote, The season of God's mighty power has arrived. A new day has dawned, and with all it emerges a new breed of believers. The torch of truth will be carried in the hands of this generation. Mighty ones are rising with grace in their hearts to do His bidding, filled with humility in their lifestyle and truth burning in their bones. This is the Joshua generation. The church needs the message of the book of Joshua now more than ever before. It's a now word for the church. We're living in a day when many of God's people are walking in defeat and discouragement, but God's destiny for each and every one of us is that we shine bright as the dayspring of the dawn, fair as the shining moon, bright and brilliant as the sun in all its strength, astonishing to behold as a majestic army waving banners of victory. Then he references Song of Songs, chapter 6, verse 10, and concludes, 
Today is the day to come out of hiding. He has prepared a crown of victory and a crown of rejoicing for us. End quote. And then Tim and Dutch Sheets also address similar admonitions from the Holy Spirit. Tim summarizes for us what he believes the Lord is saying. Rise and shine in my great glory. Be strong in these perilous times. Rise and shine in my authority. Get ready. The heavenly armies are on the move. The shaking is an answer to our prayers. The shaking will cause a removal of policies, laws, organizations, and ideologies. The shaking will cause the end of certain activities in government, education, business, and media. So do not fear the shaking. Rise with me and reign. And then Dutch Sheets asks us to declare with him this following statement. Lord, our declaration of faith is that you have brought us to an era of Pentecost. What you are about to do, the world has never seen. You are not an indifferent bystander simply watching over the affairs of men. You are rising up. You will thunder against the iniquitous roots that mock you. You will rise against sin and its destruction, against idolatry, and against governments that disdain your word. You will judge in fairness, but you will not be mocked and you will not be stopped. You are also causing the ecclesia to rise up and stand strong in the faith. We are part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken, regardless of what is thrown its way. We, your ecclesia, will declare and act in faith. We will continue to decree against what hell is attempting to put in place. Faith is rising to oppose its every action. Together with the angel armies, we will defeat the enemy's plans. We will lock onto covenant promises and inherit new territories. You will not be stymied, blocked, or stopped. You will shake open the way before us, and we will arise, pursue, and recover all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Today's decree, the glory of the Lord is coming on his ecclesia, and the kingdoms of earth will shake before him. And to all of this, I say amen, and I ask you to do the same. I really don't know how you could leave this podcast and not be encouraged. I mean, there are so many of the prophets and teachers who are speaking the same thing. It is exciting. We are living in some of the most exciting times this world has ever known. The fact that so many of us are expecting God to move, that we are encouraging our brothers and sisters to get engaged in what God is doing, to take our rightful places in God's plan, is evidence of the comfort and leading of the Holy Spirit. Let's make certain we repent and position ourselves to receive answers to our prayers and experience the faithfulness of God. Get ready, church. God is about to show up big time. Well, I'm not sure what I'll be addressing next week because it will be after Pentecost, which is May 23rd this year. But I promise to bring relevant and useful information to help you experience the victorious life Christ died to give us. And if there's any specific topics you'd like me to cover, anytime, just let me know. If you've been blessed by my ministry work, I need you to let me know. I've often asked you to contact me, and I truly want to hear from you, especially now that I'm faced with the decision to renew my podcast or not. I do need to hear from you. If you've liked what you've heard from me today, I ask you to show your support in whatever way you can. One of the newest ways that I'm really excited about is to get my new bumper sticker that says, Make America Godly Again. They're available for $5 each. And these are beautiful vinyl stickers that will hold up nicely in the weather. I hope you'll get as many as you can and give some away so we can begin to display our real and certain hope we have in God for our nation. You can use the order form on my web store and let me know how many you want. 
In addition to showing your support with the bumper stickers, you can also take advantage of the many goods and services I bring from my sponsors and partners, which you'll find on the faithtoliveby.com page. One of my sponsors is Edward Torres, who can help you with your future financial goals. Ask Ed Torres, a team member with the financial advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, about the exclusive, confident retirement approach to see if you're prepared for your financial future. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, understands your goals, and they provide personalized advice to help you reach them. Call Ed Torres at 949-250-3210. Offices are located at 2600 Michelson Drive, Suite 1460, Irvine, California, 92612. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. You don't have to be in California to consider working with Ed. They are licensed in many states, so I'll have a link to his website in the show notes, and I encourage you to contact him for a free consultation. He is my financial advisor and a wonderful Christian man I highly recommend. If you've liked what you've heard today, I sincerely appreciate hearing from you. Sitting in my studio before this microphone feels very much like a one-way conversation, and I really don't want that. So use my email or social media so we can connect beyond the podcast. Also, consider becoming a subscriber to my bi-monthly e-newsletter, which will make you a preferred member where you will receive special announcements and offers not available to others. With so much going on every single day, let's also connect on Facebook at Faith to Live by TV, on Twitter at PL Christian, and on LinkedIn at Pamela Christian. Be sure to take advantage of the free resources and bonus items listed on Charisma Podcast Network and also on my website, faithtoliveby.com. On that landing page, there's a link and much more information about my sponsors and partners. Again, if you've been blessed by my ministry, purchasing the goods and services I bring you is how you can support me, which would be greatly appreciated. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever these features are available. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the gospel, and it helps people learn how to best apply their Christian faith. Also, depending on the platform where you listen, why not subscribe to this podcast so you're sure not to miss a single edition? I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember, Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him.